Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Well, hello, hello, hello there. I'm Liesl Tom, and this is Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. And, of course, as always with us in studio is Palesa Mbui on the controls and my bestie, Shemaine. Hi. Very welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes. I am Shemaine Harris. Great to be at Cliff Central. Now, we've got an, a multi-skilled um, person today. Well, actually, everyone we've had thus far have a, a layer of skills. Hey, I mean, it's just, it's like just been incredible, Shemaine, and everybody I want to introduce or, or, or invite back because there's so much to talk about. I know. <laughs> And it makes me so, so excited, you know. But I mean, ho- hopefully we will get everybody else back at some point because really everyone's just like amazing. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have a few of them like in studio one day? Like we could have like a panel and we can all just sit and talk. You know, you and I won't get a word in sideways. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so who are we talking to today? You see, we're speaking to Mark Cook, Marco Cook. He's, he goes by both names, Mark and Marco Cook. That's who we're speaking to today. And, um, I mean, we're basically going to talk about dowsing. You know, I've been wanting to talk about dowsing for a while. But then also the pendulum. We're also going to talk about that. And both of these modalities, I think um, we, we kind of know about them, but we're not really sure how to use them. And some of it's old, so we've forgotten about them. We don't know what they can be used for and all that. So hopefully we'll be able to... You know, to to make some sense of the two. Mark, are you there? I certainly am. Can you hear me? We can. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on the show. I really appreciate it. It's always fun. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Happy. I'm great. Okay, so um, you do a good few things. Hey, it's it's not even funny. It makes my head spin. Um, <laughs> so you do aura cleansing, hands-on healing, chakra balancing, intuitive diagnostic, space clearing, and investigation, identification, and removal of attached energies, home and business blessings, awakening, and or emergence assistance. I mean, it's just too much. Mark, you know, Shemaine has just read that list. How did you get into all these weird and wonderful things? Where did your journey start? You know, I was an odd child. I think I started to have meaning of life and and big picture questions pop into my head as early as eight or nine years old. And at kind of 12 or 13, I was pondering the mysteries of the universe and why we're here and what is our place in the space-time continuum and really odd stuff. Um, Really big words for a small kid, huh? Yeah, well, those are the words that that are appropriate now. At at that (laughs) age, they weren't necessarily... Uh, what was was expressed in those terms, but but certainly as I've as I've got a little older and a little more mellow, um, those are the terms I would use now to describe mm-hmm. the thoughts and feelings I had at that early stage. But for me, the big awakening came in my early thirties. In fact, at, at thirty three, um, which is twenty one years ago. So I had, a, I had a major wake up call from from upstairs, and it was kind of we need you to wake up now. You've been you've been 
messing around for long enough and you need to start your work. So for the last 21 years, I've been on an accelerated learning curve of so many things from comparative religion and theology to anatomy and physiology and quantum physics and structures and uh, it would take it'll take a week for us to discuss the thousand books I've read over the last 20 years and when I say a thousand books I I read quite quickly and if you take a book a week with two weeks off for kind of (laughs) holiday time Christmas and New Year it's a thousand books plus um, I I I hunger for information and knowledge. and it, It's been something that's been with me since a very, very early age. So I'm an avid reader, an avid absorber of information, but I'm quite discerning about what I, what I absorb and take in. It's, it's the Bruce Lee theory. Take, take what, you, what works for you and, and discard the rest. But I'm more than, than happy to accommodate other people's opinions and thoughts and feelings on subjects and certainly not judge them, but, but purely observe them. And if it works for me, I take it into my awareness. And if not, I move on. Mark, now this, this message, this call to wake up, how did that happen? Did you hear voices? Did you see something? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> now, I always find it fascinating no. when people hear one, voices. One, no, no, no. I, I'm not that type of crazy. It's a valid <laughs> question, Thursday, though, isn't it, Mark? One, one Thursday night at about half past eight, while I was sitting in my lounge watching TV, I had a distinct sensation of a lot of heat on top of my head, like somebody was standing holding an infrared lamp over the crown of my skull. And this intensified, and it it literally felt like a teacup-sized hole started to expand itself in the top of my skull. And this, this energetic impulse went right the way down my neck, down my spine, all the way down to the base of my spine in the coccygeal region turned itself around and then came back up again. And I thought I was going to die. It took about two hours. And I realized after about two years of freaking out and studies and and books falling into my lap and and meeting, you know, synchronous occurrences with different people who who knew more about this stuff than me, that what had happened was I'd received an energy impulse uh, that had kind of blown open all my energy centers. And at that point, I became aware of the the subtle vibrations and the frequencies that are put out by people, places, and things. And it was quite overwhelming at first. It took me about two years to tone it down and then another three or four to learn how to to modulate it correctly and to tap into it. And 21 years later, I'm still learning. I don't think it's ever finished. What has it allowed you to do, to be able to do? Take this from whence it comes. Believe what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, discard what you don't. I'm I'm not a, a medium. I don't get messages from your deceased relatives. Uh, I'm not clairvoyant. I don't see stuff that normal people don't. Nor am I clairaudient, so I don't hear your guides or your grand granny or someone who's crossed over. I'm what is commonly known as a clairsentient, so I'm a feeling psychic. All that means is that my sense of touch is not limited to where my skin ends. I feel energy and vibrations of people, places, and things. So when I tap into someone I'm, I'm working with and I drop my shields, per se, I'm then party to the energetic information that's being radiated off them in terms of their electromagnetic signature and anything that's out of kilter whether it's their pancreas that's under stress and is, is pre-diabetic or 
um, they've got a lower back strain or earache or uh, sinusitis. You know, any physiological information comes through, not down to microbiological details. So I can't tell what viruses they have in their bloodstream, but I am able to pick up very distinctly whether their lymph nodes are inflamed, which indicates to me that there's some kind of underlying infection. But I also get emotional input, anxiety, anger, frustration, grief, guilt, depression. I, I, I understand where those energy signatures are located in my body, and I'm able to determine the intensity um, of what's coming through. And I also get some spiritual stuff as well. So where the, where the energetic blockages lie in, in which chakras and by, uh, by a process of, of probing questions, I'm often able to get down to the bottom line for people to, to allow them to explore avenues of, of self healing, which mm. I think is what every healer should really do. You know, we don't do the healing. We just facilitate the process. I, you know, it sounds fantastical, especially the ones that one can measure, like the physiological ones, do you then give them a kind of like a, a diagnosis or an, an opinion and then they go to to medical uh, people and say, look, yeah. this is what um, I've been told. Can you affirm or help uh, yes. or look at it? And then do they come back to you and say, yes, actually, yes, you were spot on. You know what? It, it doesn't even matter. Uh, all I am is a, is a channel for information. So if I pick up some underlying stuff that, that the person may not be aware of and hasn't been brought to their attention, I would then ask them to consider mm-hmm. uh, seeing a, a dermatologist or a gastroenterologist or a gynecologist or an endocrinologist or whatever the case may be. Firstly, I normally ask them to, to see their GP. So- and then if GP says refer on to a specialist, I don't discount the the conventional um, medical fraternity. Okay. They, they, they really need it because we've now got technology available to us that enables other scanning methods to be used. So often I'm just an early warning system. I sometimes pick stuff up that's that's in the energy field that hasn't yet, um, let's say, dissipated down into the physical structure. So everything everything exists in the field first. That's the blueprint for the body. The body is the result of the energy field, not the other way around. Can you uh, diagnose people remotely or do you have to physically be with them to feel their energy field? No, it can be done from anywhere because there's no limitation in terms of energy. So your uh, a location does not determine the effectiveness of the, of, of the connection. What determines the effectiveness of the connection is the recipient, namely me, being willing to receive and, and the transmitter being the person I'm working with, um, being willing to allow themselves to be read. I've done telephonic and Skype diagnostic work with people in Australia, New Zealand, Dubai, the States, the UK. So, Oopsie, it looks like we've lost Mark. Oh, Yay. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's your fallback reaction, Tremaine, and it's one of the things I love about you. You're so positive. Now, what, what do you think about this? I think it's very fascinating. Um, I also thought it's, it's, you know, great that he says it doesn't really matter. And I assume that he was saying that it doesn't really matter if people come back and tell him, um, you know, or uh, say, yes, well, he was right, because he sounds very sure about what he's doing. Um, so I find it quite 
Uh, fascinating. What, what do you think? Well, I appreciated the fact that he said, you know, you can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what, what, what my approach is. I don't care. And I've said this before. I don't care if you believe in pink elephants. I just want to find out more. And from the sound of it, Mark is saying, well, I don't care if you believe it. I will tell you more. And I'm loving that. Yes. And, and that's also why we are fortunate to have the show so that we can talk about stuff, whether you agree or doesn't agree. The point is you have new information that you can decide um, what you want to do uh, with. And I think that's incredible because, you know, we've been told um, traditionally how to think. Um, and I, I just find that it's reflective. Refreshing that there are new options coming up, and I find it most amazing that people are talking about these new options and the new ways. And I find it awesome that we we have stopped laughing at each other um, about the weird things that that some people believe. And I mean, when I say weird, it sounds judgmental. It's absolutely not. It just you know sometimes language is not adequate. Enough. To express, mm. I don't have another label to call this. Why shouldn't it be weird? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the word might come across as judgmental, but when I talk about the weird and the wonderful, uh-huh. it is not saying it's not laughing at people, as you say. And finally, you know, we've we've been hearing about this age of Aquarius and uh-huh. people awakening. Yeah. And finally, it seems that we are that that is being accelerated, and we are reaching critical mass. Mark, are you back? Yeah, we had some interference on the line, Terrible but I'm now back. I don't have any video on my side, but I've got audio, so we can continue. Awesome. Right. Let's start now with the dowsing. What yeah. is dowsing? Is that the, the, the old Umi walking with, with, with the stick, showing people mm-hmm. where to dig a borehole? Well, that's, that's one aspect of it, and that's been in existence for, I don't know how long, hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. All that is is an individual who is what I would loosely term a sensitive, being able to pick up on the subtle energies of ley lines and and underground water streams because movement and and water, um, that motion carries energy. And someone who is sensitive to those energies who's walking with a forked stick will often get a, a pull on the stick as to where the water's running. And sometimes even today, guys I've spoken to recently have had boreholes dug Um when surveyors have been unable to assist and they've called in a dowser and literally within half an hour, the guy says, dig here, they pop a hole 15, 20 meters down and bang, there's a fountain. So it's, it's, it's as real as sliced bread to me. I have no doubt. I don't do um, forked stick water dowsing. What I use is a pair of brass rods that um, I made myself that allow me to measure electromagnetic fields. So my rods show me by their, their, their swing, um, if I hold them in my hands facing parallel to the ground and maybe five centimeters apart, pointing towards what I'm looking to measure, if they swing outwards and open up, it means I'm measuring what I would call a positively charged electromagnetic field. If they cross over one another, I'm measuring what I loosely call a negatively charged electromagnetic field. Mark, but if it is the if the as you started explaining, it's a sensitive person who who feel these energies, the underground water. Is it then dependent on the the forked stick or or these brass rods? Can't you just do it without any tools? Yeah, I use I use my tools as 
kind of devices to confirm my underlying initial intuitive um, receipt of information. So I, I like to double check my triple checks. I was I'm old school, so it's kind of measure twice, cut once. Mm. So I like to use the tools to confirm my underlying sense of knowing. And it's nice to give people a visual as well. You know, people are very visual today. So if I show people and I, and I, I walk a space with them and I, I give them my and, and I get them to check it out themselves and they get the same results as I do. And obviously I'm not telekinetic. So, you know, I'm not um, – uh, what's her name? Phoenix from the X-Men. So I don't have <laughs> telekinetic powers. And I can't move the rods remotely by the power of thought. Like if I could. Um, when I get there, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll start floating stuff off the table. And Thank you. Okay, and then we're having a show on TV, right? <laughs> Deal? Like, <laughs> so no, I, I, I teach people as I work. So if I'm doing space clean, I teach people how to do it themselves. If I'm using rods, I give the rods over to the person I'm working with, and I say, you confirm my reading. And every single time, it's exactly what I do. So there's no doubt. I have heard that not everyone can do uh, rods or dowsing rods. I've yet to find someone who can't use them. Mm -hmm. I do believe everyone has the innate underlying capacity to use them. Um, maybe some people are, are, are less willing to allow themselves to connect with those subtle energies than others. So, you know, if, if someone kind of, let's use the term loosely, buys into it, they are more likely to be able to do it than someone who says, oh, no, no this is poppycock and, and, and mm. poo-poos it. And can you make your own uh, dowsing rods? Yeah, I'll make my own. How how? Man on the street, how would I make mine? Uh, because you you use you say you've got copper. Some people use aluminium, and then the old two piece. The uh, pardon, I use brass. Oh, brass you, is brass. Okay, because it's slightly harder than copper. Copper is great, but it's quite soft. Okay. Um, excellent. You need a metal that's a good, good conductor of electricity because what you're measuring is an electromagnetic impulse. So, so brass what, is a real conductor. What, so then, what about the wooden sticks? Uh, well, that depends on the individual. I, okay. I like metal from that perspective, particularly for the rods that I use. The forked stick thing was normally like a branch of a tree that somebody cut off. They didn't make that thing. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about dowsing rods, it's a pair of rods that you hold in your hands. Mm -hmm. So I've got two rods. I got a, I got a piece of brass rod, 1.5 mil thick and about a meter long. I cut it in half and then I bent it. I bent the two pieces at each end about, I don't know, I'm looking at it now, maybe 10 centimeters uh, at 90 degrees so that I've got handles effectively. And then the short part is in my hand and the long part uh -huh. is pointing out in front. Right. Very basic. Do, do you have the, the handle part? Is that in some kind of a casing to uh, make sure that you personally can't interfere with it? Well, that's the option that preferred by the individual. Normally, I just hold them because I've been doing this for 20-odd years. So for me, it's like it's a piece of old tacky. But what some people prefer to do is to, to use a, an insulating sheath. And, and one of the things that you can use is a ballpoint pen. You know, like a big mm -hmm. pen, you just take mm -hmm. the refill out. And then you stick the handle of the, of the brass rod inside the casing of the pen so that there's no – there's no influence. You know, you're not actually holding the rod. You're holding the pen. And then the rod is completely free swinging. And then there's no influence on behalf of the individual. So that that then negates 
the possibility of the individual holding them's manipulation of said rods. Absolutely. And when, when you train people, I'm sure that is a way to assure them that they are not interfering. Now, Mark, when you do train people, do you ever play with the rods? Yeah, all the time. Um, um, you know, I, I did it years ago. Someone showed me that if you, if you go and you, you psych yourself up and you have this positive energy and you walk towards someone with dowsing rods, you can actually open those rods with your energy field. And I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly a skeptic, but I remember that. Do you do that with, with, with your, the people you train? Yeah. I, I demonstrate to people. I actually hold the rods aiming at them and I, I, I measure their aura, their energy field, and the normal human energy field is probably about a meter on either side of the body when they're standing with their arms at their sides. Then I ask that person to close their eyes and to visualize bringing in a, a column of light from the high cosmos in through the top of their head and filling their body and expanding out of all the pores in their body like a fountain of light into their field. And what happens is literally in front of their eyes, those rods will open up significantly or think a happy thought. The rods respond to the electromagnetic signature being put out by whatever is, is being measured. So someone who's like depressed or angry or sad or, or grief stricken will have a very, very tight energy field. And in fact, they may even be putting out negative energy. So the rods will cross as opposed to just opening up. So but if they change attitude, it, it changes the positioning and, and the measurement completely. How would you then help the person with rods? How do you go and say, okay, we're going to help heal your little, I don't know, aura or your chakras so that you can get to be a little more happy? I show them what the effects of positive thinking are. And that is a direct indication to an individual. And it's in your face. I mean, it's right there in front of you and you can't deny it. Give us an uh, example. So let's say somebody's anxious or unhappy about a situation in their life that is pretty much beyond their control, which happens to, to, to most of us at, at one point or another. I will ask them to, to let go of the need to be in control of that situation and to accept that all they can do is what they can do in the moment in terms of their immediate sphere of influence and to release the need to be in control of conditions, circumstances, stuff, and, and other things that are outside their area of influence and to breathe deeply and gently and to, to just relax. And you can, you can indicate to them visually just by that small process that there is a distinct change in the subtle energies that surround them, that can, which, which they are. Can I ask you some t something? Sometimes we go and we say, oh, but I'm a perfectionist. Um, do you know what I mean? And, and that's why I'm feeling so terrible about the situation. And, and is that a, an yeah. excuse to, to use this I'm a perfectionist thing? Because I'm sometimes getting very tired of this all I'm the a perfectionist, perfectionist <laughs> thing. And you then the what, person just comes across as terribly negative. You know what? I like things to be right. Um, is it is it square? Is it is 90 degrees 90 degrees or is it not 90 degrees? Is the line straight? You know, do I use a builder's level if I'm going to draw a line on the wall? Yes, I do. Mm. Because I'm a little bit OCD and a little bit ADHD and all that cool stuff rolled into one. So is it is it 
black or white? No, it's normally shades of gray. And I think most of us need to be a little less black and white and a little more gray, if you get my drift. Absolutely. Liesl does too. <laughs> you know, well, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, Shemaine, yes. Shemaine and I have this sign language that we use in studio because there's two of us and I'm sitting here nodding my head and now she's giving away all our signs. Mark, what? I did not. I did not. I just know you. <laughs> apart from measuring people's auras, what else do you use dowsing for? The rods, pretty much that's all. Unless I'm doing space clearing, then what I do is I use the rods for a pre-flight inspection. So before I enter the building, I actually stand outside and I aim the rods at the building I'm going to be clearing, uh, whether there's bad energy or residual stuff left behind by previous residents or owners or maybe entities on that, on, on that site. And the rods give me a, a visual indication of what I'm going into and how big it is. So I can pre-prep before I actually walk through the door. And that's again. And then once, once, once I've cleared the space, I then remeasure with the rods, room by room, corner by corner, cupboard by cupboard, and then I hand the rods over to the person I'm working with, and I get them to confirm the reading. Mm. So there's no doubt in their mind as to what's been done. That's again the rods crossing for negative and opening for positive. Correct. But then that's how just do you, the way my how do you then program. clear it after that? Now the the rods have said, "Ooh, spooky in that corner." <laughs> and then you know, it's a trade. Oh, is it a, a trade, trade secret? That costs money. Okay, but you can you so you use that for affirmation or to affirm your thoughts yeah. or whatever. Oh, it's just, it's just confirmation of what I mean. I know it already because I can feel it in in my bones per se. Um, I know what I'm going in for, but it's nice to get visual confirmation and to show the person I'm working with and, and who's paying me for my time. Mm-hmm. You know that people have also um, been using the rods, obviously, you know, for finding money and silver. And apparently you yeah, have to be quite specific like those, when you ask uh, questions. No, the rod, I don't use the rods for that. If I'm looking to answer specific questions, then I use a pendulum. Mm-hmm. The rods are just a general indicator of, of the, the charge of the electromagnetic field um, and its intensity. If, I, if I'm looking for specifics, then I use a pendulum. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's exactly where we're going to now, the pendulum thing. And Let's just, before, <laughs> we go, before, before we go to the pendulum, because that is one of the things we'd love to discuss with you, but just quickly, which other tools can I call, dare I call them gimmicks, do you use to show your clients, you know, what you're up to? Nothing. Okay, so it's a pendulum and the rods. Yeah. Okay, now... And and I don't always use them. They're a handy tool to have, so I always have... I mean, I wear my pendulum around my neck on 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 a piece of cotton, so that's always with me. And the rods I generally keep either in my laptop bag or... If I'm going somewhere, I'm not taking my laptop. I'll just stick them in the boot of my car or in the cubbyhole. So they're always with me as a backup, but I don't always use them. Okay, so you basically wear magical jewelry. Tell me, what's the difference between divination and divining? Nothing, as far as I'm aware. Divination, divining, same basic thing. I'm sure if you checked Wikipedia or Webster's, they might give you different different indications, but, but the whole thing about divination or divining is, is I mean, it, it includes the word divine, doesn't it? So it's connection with divinity. And this is where the 
the religion aspect has a, a bit of conflict there because in terms of the Christian Bible, it, it tells you that you know, this is, you know, if you do this, you'll go to hell and you're inviting demons and all that sort of stuff, which which I don't believe, although I, I, I do allow everyone to have their own opinion and, and people are welcome to challenge me on that. If the Bible says so, then that's cool, but that's their belief system. It's not necessarily mine or anyone else's. So divination is a method of collect, connecting with the divine. And to me, the divine is everything that is. To me, I align myself with source to creator. I don't give it a name. I'm in awe of its creation and its connectedness and its awareness of its creation. So when I look to connect with with the the source, um, I'm I'm connecting with the energy field of people, the planet, the the solar system, the galaxy. To me, there's no end to this thing. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's divination is, is hooking up with the divine. I don't align myself with with any lesser divinities. I don't align myself with any lesser gods with a small g. Um, I report to the head on show, and that's it. Okay, <laughs> so when you say the head on show, I mean, I just wanted to find out what you consider to be lesser divinities. Well, look, because it's the first time I hear are, that. Lesser divinities, uh, let's use Hinduism as an example. Hinduism has 108 gods, mm-hmm. loosely. They all look different. They all have different different uh, departments. They're all part of a hierarchy. And uh, they're all expressions of divinity. I, I'm not a Hindu. I'm a nothing. Mm. Um, but just as an example. So I don't look to align myself with Lakshmi or Shiva, or uh, Kali, or Archangel Michael, or uh, my spirit guide, whoever that person or or entity's name may be, because I don't know that. I just ask for uh, that, that any information that comes to me comes from light and love and comes in truth. And I'm then hooked up directly to the universal field, you know, May the force be with you. It's kind of Star Wars stuff if you if you want to go that route. <laughs> okay. Now, we let's get back to the pendulum. So there are quite a few questions we want to ask you, but firstly, we would want to know what makes a great pendulum? How well, do you firstly, choose? a con- you know, any organic material. There are some really cheap and nasty plastic pendulums available on the market that, believe me, don't work. Um, anything that's man-made. Yes, it, it can be sculpted. So at the moment, I'm using a piece of beautiful agate as, as a pendulum that I wear. So it's a, it's a polished piece of, semi, piece of semi-precious stone that's got a little loop on the top and, and it's got a piece of cotton passed through it and tied in a knot. Uh, I also have a, a rose quartz crystal pendulum at home which is attached to a piece of a silver chain but i've used things like people's wedding rings on on a piece of dental floss when i've needed to do a macgyver in the moment and i haven't had a pendulum with me i've i've used pendulums made of little fishing weights on on pieces of fishing line so as long as it's an organic material you're good to go it's more that the person's inherent uh, willingness and 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 intuitiveness and and capacity to to pick up on the subtle energies that determines the effectiveness of the pendulum. But as long as it's organic material, I suppose you could use an apple on a piece of string if you really wanted to, but that might be a bit large and heavy. What's the principle behind it? I mean, how do I know, and I mean, 
I hear what you say that, that, you know, you've been doing this for 20 years and you don't cheat. But how do I know if I go to someone, they use a pendulum, that they are not trying to manipulate me, that they're not manipulating the outcome of whatever that pendulum is telling them? You don't. Straight answer. That's why you've got to be careful who you deal with. I've come in contact with a lot of so-called psychics and tarot card readers and, and you know, uh, clairvoyance and, and whatever over the 20-odd years I've been on this path. Um, and of the many I've met, uh, I've, I've met very few that I consider to be 100% legit. Uh, there's a lot of charlatans out there, and I think you've just got to be very aware of who you're dealing with. Okay, so what's the principle behind it? Behind pendulum? Yes. It's an antenna. It's, it's a measuring device that allows you to connect or allows the user to connect with the subtle energetic uh, currents that are all around us. So it's basically an antenna, like a radio antenna or a microwave dish or, or a DSTV dish with a, with a low noise blocker. It allow, it's a tool to allow you to connect with the subtle energies around you. So if I'm doing a pendulum reading for someone, um, my pendulum is programmed to work in a certain way. So if I hold it, it gives me a, a clockwise swing for yes or high probability, as I prefer to call it, and an anti-clockwise swing for no or low probability. And then the, the shape of the swing and the intensity of the swing is, 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 is also in, interpreted based on, on what the pendulum brings through. But if I'm looking to, to get some questions answered, it's very important that they're not ambiguous they need to be direct and they need to be answerable with either a, a yes or a no. A pendulum can't give you a maybe. So if I'm, if I'm using a pendulum to check, let's say, uh, compatibility of foods, which I often do for people, I hang the pendulum over each food item that, or, or supplement, vitamins, minerals, protein shakes, whatever's laid out in front of me. Wine. And I just ask, what about wine? is this... They're all good for me. I didn't hear you. So I, I didn't hear you there. I was just saying I like Shiraz and, and Cab Seven Merlot. I'm not much of a of a white wine drinker. So, so do you hang the pendulum um, over that? So if if I was to ask for myself, is this substance beneficial? to me and and if i ingest it will it be for my highest growth and my greatest good if the pendulum says yes i'll eat it if it says no I've, i won't no questions asked uh, and that doesn't i mean like jack daniels it always says yes but in, in <laughs> i was just gonna ask are you going to ignore the question about alcohol because you know these days we go like alcohol is so bad for you when it comes to food and diet red wine is oh, good for you so everything is small dose. Okay, but now you know everything. It's like exercise. If you overdo it, you'll be stiff for a week. If you do just enough, it's wonderfully beneficial. If you overdo it, you can kill yourself. It's the same with with wine. It's the same with chocolate. It's the same with anything. Shoes. I don't know. We're obviously not talking to the athletes here. My, my, my dad always says, if you eat a little pebble, you won't die. But you eat a brick, you're gonna die. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you know what. How can one use the pendulum with integrity? Because sometimes we just go and play with it. Um, and, I mean, I've done it before, and it's like kind of like eight ball. 
or Ouija. Okay, that one I haven't tried because I'm afraid of that. But so, how do you? How does one use it with integrity so that you don't defile the space or the the object? Well, the, the first thing I do, and and the first thing I advise people to do is to to center themselves in their heart space. So this is something that has to be done with love. That's the creative impulse that that manufactured this universe. Light is a carrier of information. Love is the energy of creation. Remember that. This is a message for everyone. Love is the energy of creation. Light is the carrier of information. So whenever I'm doing this kind of work, I make sure that I'm centered in my heart space and I'm in a space of love. If I'm anxious or I mean, not that I get anxious or afraid, I'm like done with that stuff years ago. But if, if there's anything that I'm aware of in my space that's making me uncomfortable, I don't do the work. I say not now. The time is not right. Okay. I've got to be centered in my heart space. I've got to make sure that I am comfortable and relaxed. And I then surround myself visually in, in my mind's eye with a bubble of white light. So I make sure that my shields are up, Star Wars style, so that there's no interference from any negativity. And I deny any negative entity or energy access to my space. And I reject any potential influence from such negativity. Then I ask that whatever questions I'm looking for clarity on through the pendulum will come only from the highest source of light with integrity, truth, and clarity. Mm. So you kind of set the space. You know, it's, it's all prep work. Mm. So you make sure that you do the prep work first, and then often I'll ask the same question twice if I'm not sure the answer. And I make sure I do it. Um, if I'm doing work for research for someone who, like, emails me a bunch of questions, I make sure that there's no other external influences uh, no TV, no video. I make sure it's quiet space where I can center myself and, and get clear. Otherwise, you've got interference, and it's never going to work if there's interference. Mark, when you buy a new pendulum or you're gifted a new pendulum, you mentioned that yours is programmed to, to, to go in certain directions. How do you program yeah. a pendulum? What I do is I draw, I take a piece of paper and I draw a, a vertical and horizontal line crossing in the middle. So I basically draw a, a plus sign on the piece of paper and I hold the pendulum after I've cleaned the pendulum. I'll, I'll normally wash it in some bottled water and I bless it. I hold it against my heart and I connect with the energy of the pendulum and I offer myself as a channel for the highest information in, in truth and love. And then what I do is I ask the pendulum to give me a vertical swing, and then the pendulum will give me a vertical swing. Then I, I say thank you, and it stops. And then I ask it to give me a horizontal swing, and it'll give me a horizontal swing, and I say thank you, and it stops. Then I ask it to give me a yes, and then it'll give me a clockwise. And then I say thank you, and it stops. Then I ask it to give me a no, and it'll give me an anti-clockwise. And then I say thank you, and it stops. So, and then my pendulum is programmed. It takes like five minutes. Okay. Now, we don't have much time left. We've got like less than three minutes left. Um, but there is something that's very close to your heart, and that is your website. Um, and it is called uh, Synchronous Emergence. So can, yeah. you, can you explain to us what that is, uh, how that came about in two minutes? Yeah. Synchronous Emergence uh, was gifted to me. It, I did not invent it. It came through me. I was inspired to create the Wix website. It's still on the Wix server, so it's not on a domain yet. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's a bit of a long, it's like an HTTP colon forward slash yada yada fish paste. It's not just synchronousemergence.com. So if anyone wants the detail, you're welcome to give it out. It is functional at the moment. The Gmail contact works and uh, everything else is working on it, but it's not on a domain as yet. But synchronous emergence to me um, is about the awakening of humanity to it's, it's for particularly the indigos. I'm an early indigo and we need to wake up because we literally are the cosmic ninjas that are here to save this planet before it goes really pear shaped and humans have to leave. Hmm. You, you, this is a completely different. Oh, now you've just yeah, started we, something we're else. Not now going into indigo children just yet. <laughs> but uh, the the site is mcook4540.wixsite.com, and it's synchronous emergence forward slash yeah, services. It's, it is tedious, <laughs> but it's, it's actually it's http colon forward slash forward slash M Cook, that's M C W O K four five four zero dot wix dot com forward slash synchronous emergence, one word. So it's it's a bit of a slip. If if anyone's interested in talking to me, rather to give them my phone number or my email address. It's okay, M-Cook what's your email 45- address? What's your email address? M C W O K four five four zero. At gmail.com. That's the easiest way. And, okay. of course, you're on Facebook. What would we do without our Facebook? <laughs> yeah, private. I don't accept friend requests from, from anyone. I'm very careful with, with social media. It can be a wonderful thing if used in the right context, but it can but, also be extremely toxic and very destructive. All right, but, but, but people can at least get a hold of you there if they need to. Mark, it was amazing speaking to you. I, I, you know, we're, we're out of time. I'd have loved to do this oh, again. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do this again in future and then in person. Sure. Uh, you in well, studio. Well, next, next time hopefully I'm in Joburg because I've, I've done Cliff Central in studio, but now I'm in Seapoint. Okay, okay. we got to go. <laughs> All the right. weather's gorgeous of Cape Town. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Mark, Mark. Enjoy Cape Town. Thanks so yes. much. From me, Liesl Tom, have a fabulous day. Goodbye. From me, Shemaine Harris, be good to yourself and others. Love, love, love. Bye-bye now. This is cliffcentral.com.